Support The Coco Show and listen ad-free. Plus get cool perks and rad swag. Visit our page at patreon.com slash thecocoshow. Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Coco Show. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about battle stations. Ooh. Now, you know, there's a big thing these days in on the on the Reddit out there. Um, is there's a there's a, a a term called your PC battle station. Have you heard of this before? I don't I don't get on Reddit that much, Bo, to be honest with you. What yeah. it is is people take pictures of their PC setup, you know. Okay. And they, they talk about how awesome their PC battle station is. Okay. So I, yeah. I, what I thought would be cool is if we sort of, if we described what our PC battle stations look like, like just look around you at your computer desk. Tell me what's on your okay. computer desk right now. Okay. You see me looking right ahead. If you're at home, if you're on the, uh, listen to this audio, picture me looking directly at you. All right. To my immediate right. Uh, you've got the Macintosh Performa 6220 CD, mm-hmm. all right, uh, which was a picked up God knows where. I was in a deal. And then uh, right in front of me, you've got an Amiga 1200 in a black case. Uh, thanks, Tape from the Crip. And you've got a, with a five and a quarter inch floppy drive and three, three and a half inch drives for the Amiga. Then you've got my left frontal, you've got the Amiga 1000. You've got a old VCR, and you've got a uh, candy color computer three, three, uh, right here, hooked up at all times. To my diagonal left, I've got a C64 hooked into an Amiga uh, 1084, and to my closer diagonal right, left, I've got a uh, Atari XEGS uh, with the keyboard. Got to have the keyboard bowed, as we found mm-hmm. out. And then all the way to my right is a, this is a, a HP Vectra VL, which is a Pentium 1 uh, computer PC. It's got Windows 98 and DOS. And then behind me, I've got a Dreamcast, a Sega Genesis uh, hooked up right behind me. I'm fooling with those as we speak. How's that? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And of course, if you saw my recently produced Amigo Studios tour on YouTube, you can hear about things in depth. I I don't keep a lot of things all set up at the same time. I don't have quite the same setup that you do. Uh, Just within reach right now for me, I've got, of course, my PC that I'm recording on. Then I've got the trusty Coco 3 set up right behind me uh, with my CRT monitor and proudly composite. Screw RGB, that stuff's nonsense. And an Amiga 1000, also hooked up through Composite, Composite for Life, uh, with some lovely mugs that people have sent us over the years. The Amiga 1000 is really more of a, um, uh, more of some uh, attractive furniture because of the drive issues that it's having. But one day, John Marshall will return to Amiga Studios and he will fix what's broken with that drive. I have full confidence, full confidence. Okay, you know, we're, we're very fortunate, Boat, uh, to uh, have so many uh, crazy systems. It's funny because uh, a lot of these stuff I've got, I'm looking around. 
And with that, I think that things yeah. have gone awry. Yeah, good thing so. Yeah, and you've got like your one thousand is a perfect example. It just showed up, you know. Uh, so we've gotten it's it's funny how collecting is you because I never wanted to be a collector of anything. Really, I never thought about baseball cards, but like uh, 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 the, my master system and stuff was. I, mean, I got it for a song. I, ha I was given two Sega Saturns. I've got a whole slew of PlayStations people gave me in Dreamcast because no one gave a crap back in the day. They were just giving, you know, no, it didn't seem like it was worth anything. Or if people knew you were into it, they'd give it to you. It's funny how things mm -hmm. work out, you know. Although some of the stuff I paid some bucks <laughs> for. <laughs> so Coco 3 is a good example. That did, was not given to me. I had to pay for that bad um, boy. Oh, and I should mention that you also paid for my Coco 3. So you are, you're a mark for Coco 3s. <laughs> You're like you're like the Saint Nicholas Listen, of the Coco Three. Let me tell you, and I've probably mentioned this on this show before. I'm going to mention it one more time just because I can. I know you, Boat, and I knew because you had a Coco Two. And I was like, you know, Coco Two's got no video out. It's going to be RF, and I know Boat. Coco Two has limitations. It's not going to be able to play everything. And I know Boat. I knew if I was going to get you into the Coco scene, you had to have the easiest, most thorough and complete way into that scene, mm -hmm. or you were out. Because this is a man who's told me I'm no longer doing original hardware. You've told me right. that multiple times. And, I, and, <laughs> and I'll tell you what, because because this is the last episode of the Coco Show for a while, I do want to soliloquize a little bit, if I may, why I love the Coco so much. Please. The Coco is really the only computer for months and months and months and months that I've played original. Whenever I play the Coco. 99% of the time, I'm playing original hardware, and I'll tell you why. Number one, no external power supply. I don't have to fool with some extra brick. Number two, it's got an SD storage solution that works, and it works great all the time. You put all the games on there, you can see them, navigation's a breeze. Whoever set that thing up, genius, okay? And number three, the games are my kind of games. You hit the enter button, the game pops up, you start playing, you know what to do almost right away all the time. It's sit down, have some fun, get out. None of this, I know that there are people out there that are into the applications, they're into the OSs, they're into all that stuff. Give me the games, give me as fast into the game as I can, and I'm happy. That's why the Coco 3 is awesome. Yeah. I agree with you, and, and I will say we've talked about how much we like the SD uh, SDC on this thing. It's it's the top of the heap. You can use the joystick to navigate it. It's it's plain Jane. It's also powerful. If you need extra weirdness, you know that you have to do. Uh, it's great. Uh, I think the Coco Three, and you can see why the price has gone up on these things substantially, even since we've been in, getting into them. Uh, the Coco Three is the top of the heap for car computers. And it's that it's there for a reason. But and Boat, I know you were surprised at the amount of the variance of games, the a good and how many mm -hmm. quality games that there were out there uh, for the for the Coco. And there, uh, it's an un, I mean, for a very select group of people, it's an untapped uh, gaming uh, area for a lot of like retro gamers. You know, I was very fortunate because I grew up with it. I knew it was out there. But even I've been astounded at some of these as we go back to play them. How much fun they still are. And when you don't have to fool around with doing a bunch of crazy stuff to get into the game, 
it's an it's almost like a console. It's very it's very, very similar. similar. You just get in there, and it's almost like an eight mm-hmm. bit console. I love yeah. the yeah yeah. It's just it's great. And and the thing is, you can't discount the friendliness of the community either. I mean, that I would never go on like I would never tune in. And I'm saying this straight up. I would never tune in to an Amiga roundtable or a, or a, a Spectrum roundtable online like I tune into Coco Talk. There's just something about the DIY nature of a lot of the people that are into the Coco scene. And a lot of it's the obscurity of the Coco too. You know, the Coco is nowhere near as famous as the Amiga or the, the Spectrum. And I think that it's kept a lot of sort of the more crazy people out of it. Crazy people just being people that I find annoying. Um, and like, I love, I still, and you know, you might be shocked to hear this, but I'll turn on Coco Talk and listen for a half hour, an hour while I'm doing other stuff on Saturday. And I enjoy it. You know, they're not always talking about stuff that I know what they're talking about or even stuff that I'm interested in. But I love the fact that people are still tinkering around with this machine. It's sort of like the metal level. It's super cool. And um, and that's that's something I'm really proud that we were at least part of that scene in some way for a little while. Well, just I love Coco Talk too, but I will say if there was a a, a, a Spectrum or C64 roundtable or an Atari roundtable discussion group that was strictly about games, I'd, be, I'd love to be in on that. But you know I what would that. happen so there if there was it, an Amiga one, it would just immediately devolve into people bickering about the stupid stuff that Amiga people bicker about all the time. If there was a Spectrum one... I don't know. They'd probably be talking about the whole Horus thing all the time because that's what Spectrum people do. They just complain about stuff that's going on in the current scene. The Coco people, those are the real people in the scene. Screw everybody else. I hate them. You're, oh, you're full. You're full of crap. There's a, the Spectrum people are good people. It's only me people. If there have to be ground rules, but the I was the Coco. The Coco was the one community that I've been around where almost everyone seems to be pulling together as opposed to just sort of, you know going crazy maybe it's because there's just not a whole they, they've made their own uh universe of hardware and stuff just out of with kits and their own hands and doing crazy stuff it's a great community i mean they're all everyone has their pluses and minuses but the coca community has been very friendly and i told Bo when we when we decided we had to put this thing to bed for a while that was one of the saddest things for me was just the fact that i felt like we've been embraced by everybody and it was uh it sucks that uh that we're going out uh, earlier than we'd hope, but uh, you know we're going to still try to linger around, and hopefully one of these days we'll come back off hiatus and kick a few more of these out, and we'll probably still release the show now and yeah, again from time absolutely. to time. So, anyway, without any further ado, let's introduce uh, this week's game, Battle Stations. Now, I, you hadn't came across never, this one, never, never heard of it. I, it's funny when this got popped last week. I I was like, what the heck's that? And then I I was like, wait a minute. Well, as soon as I loaded it up and saw the opening, like high-res opening screen for this thing, I was like, oh, yeah, I do remember this thing. Uh, beautiful. This game is a, uh, uh, this is quite an achievement in artistically in a lot of ways because this was a very cunningly designed game that used the strengths of the Coco alongside the, the weaknesses, and they used the strengths to sort of like make you forget mm-hmm. about the weaknesses in some ways, you know, because there's some of the screens that are in this game are up the ugly green screen that you're used to, and then some of these things are really quite beautiful. Uh, so, uh, Battle Stations published uh, by Novasoft, which was a subsidiary of Tom Mix, and I'll get into them in a little bit. 
Uh, we've we've come across Tom Mix many we times, have. haven't he, we? Both? He is the he uh, is the uh, what would uh, you? He's definitely the face on the Coco Mount Rushmore. One of the faces on there. I don't know what Tom Mix. Tom, who Tom? Well, Tom Mix listen, is, not, man, is not a guy. Don't That's rust a my my fantasy. Tom Mix is a guy. He looks like Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Fair enough. So you know, NovaSoft apparently was the Tom Mix arm that did like so different types of games. So I looked to see what they had done, right? And uh, they have been responsible uh, for publishing Coco Crosswords, Martian Crypt, Gold Runner. They did Brewmaster Boat, which is a Tapper mm-hmm. clone, uh, Blackbeard's Island, Skyway, Vegas Game Pack, Misadventures of Eddie. Here's what I thought you would enjoy: Moneyopoly, oh. which I played that one. And and also Color Car, which is the okay. bump and jump. So that those, those were games that were done by by Novasoft. You know, uh, uh, Moneyopoly, which is a board game as well, sort of like this, is a really good. Monopoly so would you say club, would you say that Novasoft was sort of the cream of the Tom Mix releases? No, I wouldn't say that. But okay. I think they did some good stuff. It's hard to say because I haven't played all these, and some of these I haven't played for a long time. <clears throat> uh, this game came out in 1984. Uh, it was a, this would work on any car computer with 32k of memory and some sort of input device a tape or disc this came on either tape or disc did not require a joystick uh, tape for this thing would have set you back uh, $21.95 and disc uh, $24.95 now I will say this boat and just to, since we, we uh, just came off of doing R. Sinclair uh, a tape for this was $22 I would say this is a comparable game to what we just covered, which was a mm-hmm. $2 game, or basically a $4 game. That's the difference in America uh, uh, versus the UK. This could have easily been a budget release, but there were no budget releases at it, that time. You, know, you were It's funny because I came down on the Cocoa the other week about you know having all of this software, you know these independently released software houses uh, releasing games that were like you know $25, $35. But then I started. I looked at an APX, that APX magazine that um, that uh, uh, Zeb sent over, and uh, all the Atari games were the same way. These computer games were expensive. I had no idea that computer games were like thirty-five bucks a pop back in the day. It's no wonder everybody copied them. Who can afford that? You know, our resident Coke, our resident Coco genius, uh, L. Curtis Boyle, just popped in. He mentioned that Nova, that uh, uh, NovaSoft was the budget arm of Tom Mix. I thought that too, Curtis. But when I looked. At the prices on this stuff, it really was. They were in line with a lot of were in line with what the other Tom Mix stuff was going for. So maybe I don't know how that how their pricing worked. To, to be honest with you, so <clears throat> Battle Stations comes up with a beautiful high res black and white screen of a big huge logo and a uh, um, this big a big battleship with a bunch of guns on it. It looks great. Then it comes up with, with on the color correction screen with a beautiful American flag. Can I, so can can I ask you a question, Aaron? Right. Why in the world yeah. would every game not do that? Can you think of a better way to to make sure that your colors are right than just displaying an American flag? I mean, what a I mean, why did every game just not do that instead of making you guess if you had the right colors or not, or putting up the dopey like if this looks red, press the space bar. My guess is this game didn't require as much disk space as other games, and so they they were able to uh, go crazy with okay, some of the high-res graphics. That makes sense. That's just a guess. Um, once that game, of course, intermixed with these with these screens are just like the patented green background screens with the cocoa text. 
<clears throat> then the main screen comes up for the game. And both this game this game does something I've never seen any other game do. And I remember seeing this back in the day and it really blew my mind. What they do is they trigger the the tape input relay on the Coco to click like Morse code. And so it makes a noise. Well, you're going to believe it because you're going to hear it right now. Get ready. Oh, he's going to crank it up. So Boat is currently miking up the Coco. Did you hear is it? it? Was it, it too soft? All right. No. We'll do it again. We'll, we'll crank it up again. Keep talking. Okay. So. When this thing clicks, it's funny. Uh, Curtis asked me if I knew Morse code, if this was actually code. I have no idea, but it sounds just like it. Say when you're signal okay, us when I'll you're doing you know, it. I'll, I'll, I turn the TV. Oh, I can, it's it's not going to play through the TV, is it? It's going to play. Uh, yeah. No, it doesn't do the TV. Right. It comes through so the I'm actual code. I'm going to turn that way back down then, and I'll, I'll turn up my microphone because this is really worth hearing. Yeah, it is very neat, and you really can't emulate this. I'm, I'm so he's rigging it up here I, as a child I remember thinking is this going to hurt my cocoa and in fact I still <laughs> okay we're going to try this again <laughs> I'm going to turn up my mic volume really loud okay get ready okay, here we go okay yes there it is alright <laughs> there it is that's awesome, an awesome effect, and and something else, but very super clever, of the people that made the game into doing that. Uh, uh, just a just a really neat effect. Um, now all this pomp and circumstance, it, it thinly veils what is in essence a a, a, a battleship board game uh, clone, which is exactly what this is. Uh, this game offers you the chance to play at two different skill levels. Uh, uh, you've got, I think it's Captain and Admiral, mm -hmm. I think, are the, are, are the two, or maybe Ensign and the Admiral. And then once you pick your, uh, once you pick your uh, difficulty level, uh, you are asked if you want to place your ships on the map or you want the computer to place them. I usually just have the computer place them. And then, of course, you've got, you're off and Why running Why would you let the computer point. place your uh, ships? You are playing uh, against a computer with a good skill level. Was this When this came up, before you knew what it was, Boat, did you expect it to be the ba game yeah. battleship? Yeah, I want to go back. Why do you let your, the computer place your ships? That's 99% of the fun of Battleship is like, man, I'm going to put my ships in a rad pattern that nobody's going to be able to guess. I, well, because I didn't, here's my thing about Battleship, all right? It, to me, like any pattern I come up with, it's just it's basically random. <laughs> I like I don't I don't think there's a as a there's an awesome human laid pattern that's gonna no be better way, than man. just a random. I am one. the Do battleship there champion. Is? There is a pattern. You gotta lay them out just right, just right. I would tell you, but yeah. I mean it's a trade now, secret. Now, the, this game gives you it's this actually there's some clever stuff under the hood here. Let's talk about it a little bit. The main screen of this game comes up after your ships are down. At the top, you've got a a, a, a grid pattern, a, a small grid pattern. It's just uh, big white blocks. And then at the bottom of the screen, you've got your grid. It shows all your ships. It's got uh, A, B, Cs, and one and one, two, threes up the you know vertical and horizontal, so you can see where your stuff's at. It's everything is laid out nicely. And in the upper right, upper left corner is a list of all your ships. And when it's your turn, it lists all the your torpedoes there as well. 
And so all you've got to do when it's your turn is you pick, you go up to the grid at the top and you pick where you want all mm -hmm. your shots to go. All right. One thing I like is if you put a shot down, you don't like it. You can just click on that same yeah. square. It'll pull so, it back up. So you can change this, where you want to put it. This was part of the game that really, really surprised me because I was expecting the interface to just be the dirt worst. I was expecting to have to key in like put on the keyboard, like a one, you know, B seven. And that would have sucked. Yeah. This, this is so much better. Yeah. This is a lot like if you've ever played Picross before, have you ever played Picross? Okay, Picross is a puzzle uh, game. Um, it's uh, whenever you're you're uncovering the the puzzle, you do it exactly the same way as you as you select a square in Battle Stations. There is no better way to play this game than the way that Battle Stations has put it out. I was very impressed with that aspect. Yeah, I mean, they when they when they cloned this board game, they put some thought into some stuff. So I'll give you some examples here, but aside from the fact that you can take a shot back. Uh, in, uh, when it, you know, if you put it down where you don't want it, because once you lay down all your targets, then the shots go off. You can also ask the computer for advice on shots, which is interesting. If you hit A, uh, you can also, uh, um, you know, you're watching your ships, and you see your ships at the top. Now you get a, uh, you get more ships, I believe, than you do in the actual game. You've got a, but you've got a good sized grid, and pretty much it plays just like the actual game does. At the very top of the screen, there's a message that tells you what round you're in. It tells you when the enemy's shooting you and how many missiles or bombs the enemy's got left. It's like an informational mm -hmm. area. Uh, when you play this on normal difficulty, it's just a straight, pretty much a straight version of Battleship. If you play this on the Admiral one, and which I recommend well, actually, it's it's not really actually, a straight version of Battleship because I think Battleship is played differently. The actual rules of the game are different. Uh, in Battleship, you call your numbers out one at a time, and you find out immediately if it's a hit or a miss. In this game, you place all your missiles. Right, I mean, it's a huge difference in the strategy. I like this. This is I way like better. I agree. It's way better. Yeah. Um, on Admiral, you, depending on how many ships you lose, you lose right. torpedoes. So you can get if the more you whittle down your opponent, the more the less torpedoes he's got to shoot you with. This makes the game a lot more fun to me. I thought I kind of enjoyed that aspect of it. And it also heightens the drama a little bit because if you know you lose that ship, you're going to be down torpedoes, and if you're if you start losing by a landslide, you're going to be screwed, and you're going to have like like I beat the computer one time where he could only shoot me with like once a round, and I was just pounding the crap out of him, and and it was that made it a lot more interesting to me to do it that way. Um, I will say I played this on both difficulties multiple times. I never lost. And I won. In fact, I won every time on my first time without any problems. But it's sort of random. I don't know if uh, I only played do? it once. I felt like I'd got the gist of it, and I knew that the admiral, the admiral yeah. difficulty, I knew what that brought to the table. Um, but uh, and I won. So, um, but I'll tell you something else that I like about this game is that the computer takes just the right amount of time to make their uh, to make their move. Like it's not ultra fast. Yeah but it's not so slow that you're like, oh my gosh, just get it over with. Like you see the computer sort of thinking the way that it moves across the, the lines and the columns and stuff. I thought that that was cool too. Um, there are so many things that they could have screwed up that they did right. I was just, I was very surprised that this was as much fun as it was. However, that all being said, this game is probably one of the all time least replayable games of all time. The, the double. Yeah, you know, 
you're right about the computer, the amount of time it takes, it it because it shouldn't take a long time. Effectively, it's all everything's mm-hmm. sort of random. I mean, the lot the computer does use some logic mm-hmm. when it's looking for your ships. You know, so I mean, it's not going to go out there and just randomly bomb stuff and then just give right. up when it's in the target. Mm-hmm. It'll take you out. Uh, the sound effects are cool. The graphics, when you get hit, the screen mm-hmm. shakes. You know, which is cool. You know, they do the little things. I, it's funny when we were talking about this. Uh, when I was thinking about this game, and I was like, "How am I going to talk about this game?" Because it's Battleship, okay. But I really mm-hmm. like this game. I played it a bunch of times. It's perfect to put on and just to kill time. Just while you're watching a video, you can do both, right? Um, it's it was a lot of fun. It was sharp. It's just it's a well done game. Uh, and it's, I will say there are two things I wanted to mention that I thought about. There are two, I believe there are two songs, like Anchors Away was one. And it's, yeah, like it's, a it's called Sailors. It's, and I believe it, these, I think these are the exact two songs that are in the pop, the yeah, uh, game. I think, I think they're the, the for the music twos. nerds out there, the, the name of the Popeye song is called Sailors Hornpipe. There you go. I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they're the same two games that are in the that in the Sailor Man. I mean, verbatim. Well, why, why would you Why would so you rewrite I, it? You know, I, I, it's right. Well, I mean, and it works. But I ha- I'd have to go back and re and see what year Sailor Man came out. I can't remember if it came out before or after this. But one of them used this in both. So I'm just saying they're recycled music in something. But they're both yeah. well done tunes. You you wouldn't expect a game like this to have really good tunes either. And it does. Well, I mean, again. It is just Battleship. So, it probably doesn't take that much room up on the disc, so they can put you know the songs on there. Yeah. Overall, though, I, I think the polish on this uh, and the playability. This is a great one to give your kid to play with, to come back to. I mean, this one, like I said, I remembered it when I saw it, but I really enjoyed it, Boat. I, I have to say, I really enjoyed now, it. Now, let me ask. Um, let me ask you a question. You can actually, you say you really enjoyed yeah. it, but would you have been happy if you'd yeah. paid, you know, thirty nine ninety five for this on disc when it first came out? Oh Lord, no, no. I so would not I mean, be we, happy. we do have to address uh, that at uh, some point. That that's it's funny. We just talked about this on Arsene Sinclair, how you can pay a couple bucks for a game that's mediocre mm-hmm. and it makes it great. This is a the instance where you'd pay twenty five bucks for a what's a very good game and that makes right. it sort of mediocre because of the price uh if now ignoring all that this is a solid playing battleship clone so if you i mean all that aside if you want to play some battleship this is your baby right here across most platforms this is the one i would pick it's a lot of fun and it, and you know they they reissued battleship over and over and they added all these cut scenes and all this digitized crap and i I'm like you. I want to get in. I'm sort of like Minesweeper. Mm-hmm. Get in, get out. You know, you want to play the game. Uh, uh, I'm, that's the way I look at it. But yeah, in terms of the price, it would have been it would have been uh, a little steep. And a, a Doug from Ten Minute uh, Amiga Retrocrash just mentioned I was a dirty pirate, and I did have a pirated version. This I must admit, because and I I didn't know how to mail order stuff at the time, and so this was a. This is just one that came across my desk, but I would not have paid $22. It's the way I am. Um, I looked this up in Rainbow, thanks to Curtis. He helped me out on that. And Rainbow really thoroughly endorsed this thing, both. They really liked that it was a great game, uh, uh, and they gave it high marks. 
uh, in terms they didn't really they, you know they don't really do a proper review in Rainbow. They just sort of tell you if they um, like it. I did. You liked, I liked it. it. Uh, we got a uh, couple reviews from the Discord crew. Uh, Frodo and L writes, "It's Battleship Zeglagji in Dutch with a larger grid. Graphics are functional. The music is nice, but thankfully one can abort it. Once was enough. In-game in-game sound are your standard beeps and explosions. Six point five out of ten. Curtis writes, "While the game is based on." While the game it is based on is pretty simple, the Coco version added a lot of glitz to it, using hardware tricks like mixed text and graphics modes. Using the cassette relay hardware to simulate a teletype was genius. Some voice, multi-voice music, etc. Playing on the Admiral level adds that you can only fire as many times per round as you have ships still left. This adds to the gameplay. 8 out of 10. Gameplay is simple, but they added a lot of polish to it. So thank you. For our, um, thank you for our, all of our Discord reviews. Uh, there was no eBay on this yeah. as usual boat. It's this stuff's rare as hen's teeth to find. It's tough, but the, yeah, go out of your way on this one. If for any reason, just to hear that uh, opening uh, Morse code bit, that is something you'll probably never hear on any any mm-hmm. machine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> real yeah. bizarre. Uh, well, uh, this is going to do it for battle stations, and this is going to do it uh, for a uh, the Coco Show in some ways. Uh, like we said on uh, our Sinclair that we just recorded, uh, you may not want to unsubscribe from the feed. You know, keep it kicking around in the bottom of your podcatcher because it may come back. This is just the end of a regularly scheduled uh, Patreon-supported version of the Coco Show. Um, you know, we we both love doing the podcast. It's a good time. I love playing the Coco, uh, and uh, you know, we we'll we'll come back to it. And of course. I've got the Coco set up right next to me. I'm going to be streaming like there's no tomorrow. I've already got some ideas of lists of games that I want to try on here. So, You know, uh, before I, I... I've got some closing thoughts, but let's take care of our oh, contest Oh, yeah. Here. Yeah, I forgot about the contest. Uh, we've we've been running a contest to win a, a, uh, a copy of uh, Gunstar, The Battle for Earth, which is a brilliant Coco 3 game. Uh, uh, Nick Marente's... Uh, put this thing out it's a, it's a few months out off door this is a beautiful cd version boat that has uh extra goodies on here uh and enhanced versions and other games that nick did just a great game uh and which i thoroughly endorse i thought it was a tremendous game as far as the coco goes this is at the top of the uh, tier when it comes to shmups uh and we were going to give this away to uh people that were nice enough to leave us a uh, iTunes review uh, on any of their country's various iTunes uh, stores, and we got we got some tune reviews in, and we we before the show we picked a winner. We did, uh, and I'm hoping I'm pronouncing this right. And you tell me if I'm not. the The winner we selected here randomly was Drincor. Here it is. So if that's you, uh, contact ourselves both. You have, have an email. No, because you're spot? running the contest. Hey. Okay, well you can you can email me. That's fine. You can email me at uh, um, amigo Aaron at mail dot com. You can uh, amigo Aaron at mail dot com. You can also uh, email. Uh, you can also email argpresents at mail dot com. Either one, whichever one's easier for you to remember. 
and I will send this out to you anywhere you're at in the world. I don't know. Did you, you remember what I country he was I believe he was from the United most? States. So that's a lucky break. Mm -hmm. That's a lucky break. A lucky break for me. But uh, congratulations, Drencore, on winning this beautiful Gunstar: The Battle for Earth. Uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. And please, once you get it, try it out. Let us know what you think about it. And uh, for everyone else, please uh, check this game out. And also, there's some good fine merch. Uh, that is involved there. Um, I'm going to see if I can get Nick's. Does anyone have Nick's web page handy? I'll give it a plug real quick. Uh, Nick has uh, other games in the works. He's got great merch, like I said, T-shirts. Uh, and he's also got digital versions of this game that you can just download. Uh, it also works on emulation uh, just fine. So you can always uh, get the game and emulate it. The case is nice. It's just an all-around great game. We'll put it. We'll put a copy of uh, his uh, web address up in our uh, show notes at the, at the end of the day. Uh, so, congratulations, uh, Bo. To close her down. Oh, here it is. It's uh, nickmarentes.com. Uh, if you go there, you can get to the uh, get to his Gunstar page. So, nickmarentes.com. I should spell it out. N i c k m a r e n t e s dot com. Um, I've enjoyed the Coco, of course, but you know, this was my uh, my computer from when I was a kid, and I was really excited to get this show going. I've had a real good time playing it. Boy, we've we've come across a lot of fun games, and trust me, if it wasn't for Boat's new job, we would keep this ball rolling because we've had, we've had a real good time doing it. Like we said at the beginning of the show, we were embraced by the community, and we appreciate it. Uh, and we will uh, we'll be visiting the Coco again quite a bit on our YouTube channel and on our Twitch channel. Uh, I will do some streaming. So will Boat. We have a lot of fun with this thing, and it's easy to stream with Boat. So I have no doubt we will keep the ball rolling on the Coco. So keep this channel open. Hopefully someday we'll be back. And we appreciate you guys uh, helping us out, all the Patreons, all the people that would show up for the live chat. We yeah. really appreciate it. All right. Well, that's going to do it. We will see you guys.